Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. From the icy reaches of Montreal, Canada, Solid Gold Effects are effects pedal creators who constantly reinvent the wheel with their wonderful devices. If you, like us, are looking for something more than just another chorus, fuzz or flanger, then that's exactly what Solid Gold Effects do best. From the oblivion, a quadruple-voiced flanger with a whole bunch of internal dip switches, to the Lysis, a polyphonic octave-down fuzz modulator, Solid Gold are just a great shout if you want to do something different, make weird noises, or if you're just looking for something a bit more fun. Check out their range of ultimately original soundscape devices at solidgoldfx.com. We think they're wicked. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Naomi McLeod. Hello. And Jay Cross. It's me. It is you. That's right. So there's the three of us this week. A rare, rare week in Guitar Nerds uh, history where Matt Knight is taking a week off i can't remember what he's doing with his week off he sort of messaged earlier was like good night tonight good luck with the podcast recording tonight guys and i can't really i, I didn't want to sort of be like what are you doing again so well, i saw, yeah, I, I, did, saw on, uh, I didn't ask him i got a run keeper uh push notification that said that he ran 10 miles yesterday so i don't know maybe right right Maybe he's just got his feet up. Maybe he's just like, look, I'm going to run 10 miles and I don't want to talk to you idiots. Yeah, Yeah, he might just be chilling hard. Yeah, like, you know, this seems fair enough. Well, I know that he's not at home because I delivered something to him and it said it couldn't be delivered. So, uh, you know. Guys, this is serious personal tabs. You both seem to be able to keep on him. (laughs) And and if you want to know know where he was out for a run. No, he just yeah. probably he just popped 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 to the shop. He saw the uh, he, he saw the the uh, UPS delivery driver coming and was like, no, no, no more stuff, yeah. no more well, stuff. That's what it was, I reckon. Well, there you go. Well, I am excited about what I what I've delivered to him because uh, it's something we're going to talk about on. We're not going to go into it on on this week's episode because they've literally arrived with Matthew and I today. Um, I'm just going to pick mine up for no reason, as this isn't a visual medium. But anyway, uh, oh wow, it looks great! 
Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Jay. Um, yeah, the the new um, second generation Isotope Spire, the fantastic demo recording unit that we were so excited about when the first one came out. There is now a second generation where, honestly, I was like, I was on a call with, with Dan Pilver from Isotope and he was talking through all the things that they've changed on on the second generation and i was just like wow it just feels like everything they'd changed was a thing that i'd thought about the first one you know the first one was fantastic but you know with with all things there are things where you're like oh well you know it'd be great if you could do this or or that and they seem to have answered every single thing you could possibly think of um to make it a, a better unit so i'm very excited to get to try this out and uh, and then we're going to talk about it uh, probably probably next week uh, or the week after. Cool. Me and Matt will talk about these, but you know, Jay, you know, you you thought this was a great product as well, first time round. Naomi, do you, do you know what we're talking about? The Isotope Spire. Have you have you seen these? I have seen them. Yeah, I've not I've not had one in hand, and honestly, I've. <laughs> I still haven't gotten into the mobile. So we're talking about the mobile recording interface, right? Yeah, that's right. So yeah, yeah. it's a big, super it, neat little cylindrical. Yes, yeah, so cylindrical thing. Unit. It kind of reminds yeah. me of, uh, although it doesn't look like it at all, just the fact that it's round and it's a technology device reminds me of the thing in Dolph Lundgren's He-Man movie. <laughs> Yeah, that thing, I mean, that thing had lots of little spears in the top. But if the Isotope Spire had spears in the top of it, I kind of feel like it would be like the the, the thing. Yeah, that's a lot cooler than my impression, which was one of the one of the several Amazon devices, like the Echo Dot type uh, thing. Yes, yes. Yeah, but um, yeah, so I have kind of shied away from mobile interfaces only because I've always kind of liked having a desktop set up and somewhere cool. for all of my synths and bases Convenience, and bits. not for Naomi. Not no, for me. thank you. Mm-mm, I avoid it like the plague. <laughs> um, not a fan, not a fan. But uh, yeah, no, this this looks awesome. I'm also, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm well into the trend for much bigger meters as well, which I'm guessing is, is what takes up most of the face of the spire. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. Is its meter? Yeah, yeah. There's something yeah, about very sort of cool. like a, you know, like a, you know, the, the the there's something about this device that's reminiscent of those uh, those phones with the massive numbers. Uh, yes, on them the that, dial that phones. You oh, I sorry, kind of, you mean sorry, you mean the accessibility phones? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah. Exactly. Those, those sort of things with, with like the huge display, huge huge record huge play button and mm-hmm. then the three they've isolated the three sort of key features that you're going to need starting a new song doing a sound check which is where it applies all its compression and levels to whatever your room is and then controlling the volume which you can then do via touch on the uh on the big meter that goes oh, on that same thing. meter right okay yeah. so is it is it a bit like a ribbon controller yes exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 that's very um, cool. I'm guessing as well. Is it like, is it sort of aimed at those those beginning to get into recording as well? Just with the just with the wording of new song, sound check, and volume. Like I as think someone so. as someone who's used to interfaces, I 
I don't know what, what those I, correspond to. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I think it's designed for ease. I actually kind of think the device is 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 designed for everyone. It's a, it's a great yeah. kind of. Uh, this is something that anyone can use, whether you're an expert or not. But mm. the the crucial thing that separates it from you know a, a desktop door and an interface is mm-hmm. that you don't need to have watched a hundred hours of, of yeah. YouTube demos in order to get your head around it. Like it's sure. a, a really sort of. Uh, you know, you'll have your your phone and the Spire. It's really straightforward. It's really easy to get an idea down. And then kind of all the presets that you'll have on the phone in order to apply effects like reverb. And let's, you know, remember this is an isotope product. So yeah. uh, the mic preamp itself is, is obviously off the bat is incredible. But then all of the additional features um, that you get with the Isotope Spire, the reverbs. They even have amp models and stuff on there because in the in the back of the Spire, there are a couple of direct inputs if you just want to plug your guitar straight in. Um, but it is a, it's just a it's a really cool unit. Like the sound check feature, there's not only there to sort of set levels, it also recognises what recognizes what instrument you're playing. Whether you're singing and playing guitar at the same time, it will say, "Oh, you're singing and playing a guitar." You know, if you're if you're playing a piano, it will recognise that you're just playing a piano. And it's set. that's awesome. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah, really into that as a feature. Yeah, and like you say, like Isotope are a company who absolutely know what they're at, don't they? They've a fantastic track record in um in sort of audio processing and effects. Yeah, exactly. And and the other the uh, I, you know I said we <laughs> we go into this next week, and I've kind of gone off on one, but but very briefly <laughs> on the last of it, like it they have Isotope have a pro feature with it, so you get like the the standard Spire app that comes with your unit, but you can also pay for an additional, like an Isotope Pro uh, thing. And then you get these extra features with your Spire Spire unit, which includes all of their vocal processing. So amazing. Okay. All of those, like, you know, the nectar things that treat all Mm. the vocals and it actually includes auto tune on there as well. Oh, wow. So you could do, you could do all of that without touching a computer, which I think is a really, um, a really nice, uh, you know, a really interesting feature. I had a lot of fun uh, applying the uh, the vocal correction to me playing piano. Just I wanted to see what it would do, <laughs> and it just were you uh, doing? Yeah. Was this for your upcoming uh, Black Eyed Peas cover set? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It did just sound very, very strange, but nonetheless, fantastic unit. I'm looking forward to you know plugging in the second generation and uh, and seeing seeing what weird things me and Matt can create with it. So Awesome. We'll yeah. That's very cool. Oh, is it still yeah. uh, battery-powered? Or it can yeah, it be battery-powered? It can be, yeah. So you yeah. charge it up and then you can use it completely wirelessly, which is obviously... Because you, you, you took it out and did some like field recordings and stuff, right, when you did your uh, slow project. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we did some stuff where... Um, uh, we wanted to do some like natural reverb things. So we had Emma playing piano in the lounge and then I opened the lounge door and the back door and put the spire in the garden. So you got like all these, uh, like all the, you know, you get lots of, uh, lots of little birds in 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 our sort of villagey area, and our neighbours over the back have all these bird feeders, so there are always loads of little chuffinches and things knocking around there. So you had all this like the chirping of birds and 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 outdoor sounds mixed with like the sort of that the sound of a piano 
in a house when you're not in a house. That sort of really distant. Yeah, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. It, was, it was really cool for kind of creating that without me having to, you know, try to run a really long cable outside and <laughs> yeah, and set up boundary exactly. mics and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Well, actually, I guess that's a really good feature. The 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 mic and the preamp unit on this are you know are absolutely top quality. So. Mm. When it comes to and the alternative being having to take a nice mic and run a, a long cable somewhere, if you're wanting to do things like that, this is actually uh, a great kind of secondary purpose for it. And I mean, you know, listening to where I live, you take anything outside, you've got the the concern that a seagull will do a, a big dump on it. So yeah, like, you don't want it. that on your Neumann, do you? No, you know, that no. would be a complete nightmare. <laughs> Exactly. So that's your that that's your assessment of the Isotope Spire, is it, Jay? An okay <laughs> recording device to take a dump on. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, not me. The seagulls. You know. Right. Just, right. Of course. Yeah. 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 That's that's all it is. That or an SM57. You know, I, that would probably be fine as well. Let's be honest. <laughs> yes. Of course. Um, now, Naomi, it's been a it's kind of been a, a few weeks maybe since we've had you on a on a podcast at least three i think since we've had you on a podcast uh, on a podcast and you've moved in that time yes absolutely well. i got in a massive huff because i wasn't on the podcast for a few weeks <laughs> and i decided to move house in, uh, <laughs> in but Joe tracked, he tracked you down he still yeah. tracked me down much like <laughs> matt knight who as we've as we've um figured out is probably living in fear he says he's on a week <laughs> off but really he's just running from both of you um yes but i have as you say jay been been tracked down in my in my new base cave so yeah i've been i've moved i've stayed in the same city um uh in lovely leeds and this moved to moved to have a bit more yeah a little bit more room for myself room for my gear um got a nice setup i actually have room for base cabs again which i didn't have for the last while so um it's gonna gonna face me with some interesting um shopping options that i hadn't had for a little while so yeah it's been good got a got all my bits set up for the first time in a very long time i um installed a pickup would you believe in my squire classic vibe which i think we oh your classic vibe precision yeah, is that, yeah. So you had? Do you have the seventies? I do exactly. I, and I that committed. Base is, that base is really good. That's that's like one of my favourite from that range. It's 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 right. So good. Yeah, yeah. So do you remember? It's the it's the black. Yeah, the black with the maple neck. Uh, yeah, it's maple neck with black block inlays. Right? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. And the and the bridge cover. <laughs> so <laughs> the bridge cover. That's the bit. A, a few weeks ago, you talked about like a. Uh, uh, playing your first gig and I guess it must have been with that bass where you didn't realise that there would be a bridge and, cover and all of a sudden you couldn't And I talked you. about how much I hated it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, my, my Pam certainly hated it. Um, that was that was a very bad time. But yeah, no, I, I committed uh, a form of chronological sacrilege. I had a... Actually, no, I didn't have. I got um, from a friend... A uh, pickup I've wanted for a long time, which is the Aguilar 60s P bass, and thought I would try it in the classic vibe, and um, I'm delighted. Absolutely wonderful. I've played basses before with the 4P60 in. Um, Joe, have you played basses with that? Or the not? I have a su- surprisingly oh. little contact with anything. Aguilar, actually. I oh, think I see. Okay. When, when we were all at GAC, I think mm. GAC were quite late in the day to get Aguilar into mm. our mm-hmm. store. I also think it was kind of when we worked, there was around the time that it was first getting into the 
into the country. And I don't know, like the first things I saw those pickups in were stuff like the Spectres uh, were moving yep. off of EMGs and Bartolini's and into these. And I guess, and this is totally not fair, but mm. I really like EMGs and I mm. really like Bartolini's. And so when Aguilar pickups were replacing them, I al- almost disliked Aguilar for replacing these two brands that I like, which is totally yeah. unfair. But I just, I think maybe I haven't given Aguilar a fair crack of the whip when it comes to uh, their products because I already in that field had kind of quite established opinions on, on what I liked. But these are yeah. passive though, the, the 60s ones, right? Yes, they are indeed. Yeah, and I'm going to crack you now with my Aguilar 60s P-Base whip and tell mm. you that you should absolutely try them. <laughs> they're, um, yeah, they're wonderful. I mean, they're just really... Um, you know, does what it says on the tin. I hate to use that term, but they're they're a really beautiful, warm, uh, kind of woofy sixties tone. And then the the seventies equivalent that they did. I'm not sure if they're still current models. Actually, um, I would need to look that up. But they are. Um, I'm just looking through them here. Hmm. They're uh, they're kind of like um, they still yeah. Sorry, so they still do a fifty one, and then they. Yeah, they certainly still have the the four P60s, which I've put in. But yeah, they um, yeah again, just super simple uh, P type. They are um, what was I going to say? They are yeah, just single conductor um, and cloth. They're very cool. I mean, it's it's kind of a it's a really solid blend, isn't it? Like the the. Uh, classic vibe with a pickup like that because the classic vibe is off the bat especially that 70s classic vibe a bass that Mm. punches like far beyond its weight and certainly when it comes to kind of feel uh the neck the looks everything about it is like well this is already very good so coupling it with a with a high quality pickup um, yeah is absolutely pretty much a dream yeah no it, it it made sense to me and also like for all of the kind of quirkier slightly more niche pickups that i've tried these were a set that i know i've liked and wanted for as many years as i've known about them so it kind of made sense again to put them into like you say a base that i know is deserving let's say of maybe a of maybe a slight uh pickup upgrade mm. yeah very cool joe mm. did you have much experience with like the tone hammers and stuff because i never really I don't think I've ever plugged in an Aguilar amp, but, um, you know, sorry, just sort of changing course a little bit and talking about the the amps. The, I seem to remember that the tone amps were quite popular when we when we were at GAC. Yeah, to, towards the end, I think they were, because they were one of the first kind of Class Ds, I think, that were going after uh, people who actually liked the sound of old amps. You know, Because uh, I think before that, you know, everything was like Mark Bass, uh, TC, mm-hmm. Uh, Eden, all these brands were were very much like here is a new sound, which mm-hmm. is which is great and perfect in its own right. But but for people who wanted to sound like Ampegs or Ashdowns, old oranges, Fender amps, stuff like that, there wasn't like a class D amp going after that. Not really. I guess Mark Bass had their their VPF V no V. I can't remember. They they had a control that would like give you kind of a nice woolly 60s sound but but wait you know, sorry the, on the on the mark bass stuff yeah they had the their, vle yeah the VLE, there was the vintage loudspeaker emulator yeah 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 that yeah, was yeah. it yeah yeah um and, that, and yeah because that cool, that's, that's sure. on that's on the uh yes that's on the little mark three which actually i've right. got mark's mark 
Packham, our own little mark. Uh, <laughs> I've we've I've got that at my house at the moment. Um, right. So yes, yeah. my my <laughs> my own little mark three. That, this that, year. And that that was very good. So that was a really good way of getting a vintage tone out of a out of a class D app. But I think Aguilar really went out after it because they also included like a separate drive control. Um, on there so it was a smart move smartly branded i, I mean uh, naomi you actually you, you play aguilar amps anyway i do i have done up till now yes um i had a tone hammer 500 first which i had for a long time i think i got that in 2012 2013 and had it up until 2019 um yeah and it was just an absolute workhorse it was solid as a rock could really give me the kind of sweep that I wanted. I could go super woolly. I mean, I was playing, yeah, it, I think it's a good mark of um, kind of what I like, my impression of workhorse gear when you can be playing a ton of styles and still have the same amp, still have the same head and uh, not really feel at a loss uh, playing across those styles. I mean, I was playing really kind of heavy grunge stoner music Um I'll be killed for saying stoner music, stoner <laughs> rock. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like in, in the same week, kind of doing kind of covers and funk gigs and, uh, you know, R&B and soul all through the Tone Hammer 500. So it it kind of packed all the punches I needed it to. Um, and then from there, it went to the AG 700, um, which I really like as well. But if I'm honest, I probably would have gone for the... Given the chance, I probably would have gone for the more powerful tone hammer that was released. I'm forgetting, was it 750 or 700? I think um, it was 750. I think it was the 750. Yeah, the um, AG 700 was a much bigger head, wasn't it, than the than the tone hammer? Not a huge amount bigger. No, I don't know. Are you thinking of the DB? Oh, maybe I am. Yeah, you're the right. DB is um, is kind of full. Yeah, full size um, and is valve as well i think it's not it's certainly not class yeah. d anyway but um that whereas the ag is class d um but yeah not quite as shoeboxy as the tone hammer but no i i remain a huge fan of the lightweight heads um and i think yeah it's a it's a trend that i'm not sure has kind of reached its peak or potentially passed it but i'm um i'm still all for kind of lightweight gear where possible sure. yeah and i i think that's going to continue anyway like you know mm you got to bear in mind the fact that nobody's played any gigs for 12 months and they don't have, yeah. nobody's got any, nobody's got any muscles anymore so you yeah. know lugging We're, around a, a big heavy uh 100 watt amp is not going to be in anybody's best interest anymore yeah no yeah, we're all going to be very tired yeah <laughs> you know well you know it, it, it my my band's keyboard player has spent the last you know year of lockdown expanding his modular synth setup so he's he's changed from having a couple of convenient small you know digital synthesizers to building a rack which he now wants to take on tour and this is i mean a full i'm telling you i'm telling you joe this is that you bringing in a keyboard player to your band was the first step in you getting kicked out of the band (laughs) so that they could make more room for gear in the van that's that's exactly it so it's actually been a conversation of this the 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 synth rack is now so big that we're like well the rest of the band were like joe you know you want to bring this ctm 300 my 300 watt valve head which is like a two-man lift in its own flight case and my two single 15s they were like you know you also have a 112 and about four (laughs) 
like 500 watt class D heads that could fit in the front of a gig bag. You could just bring those. So I think I'm going to be forced into downsizing. We'll, well you know, the thing is, Joe, is when when you, when you invite Keith Emerson into your band, you just need to bear in <laughs> mind the fact that <laughs> there's going to be compromises. And unfortunately, yeah. those compromises are you having anything that will make you be able to hear your bass while you're <laughs> yeah. playing live. Well, there's a good question. What do you do? You guys think I could gig with a one twelve? Do you think that's a, a reasonable thing for a bass player to do? A mic'd one twelve. Mic'd. Yes. Well, it would be, you know, it would be DI'd, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would be DI'd through the front of house. Do you mm. think but but DI's, you know, I guess if if I took DI a bit more seriously and started mm. running a second out from my board as my DI with like a cab sim on it, rather than like just a head DI, because they can sound a little plain. Yeah. Do you think that's reasonable or am I am, am, am I being silly? Should I still go for a, a larger amp on stage? I mean, I'm a huge fan of volume on stage and preferably from behind me as well. And I, I've just accepted that that's something I really rely on. So like in terms of practicality, you know, if you're going to be on in-ears, like do you play, is the band on in-ears or no. how is everyone monitoring? No. Are you going to just... be using that's, wedges, yeah. do you think? Yeah, that, that, that's that's the issue for me. Is is it really depends on how loud you are on stage? Mm. And well, you, like, you're an eight ten player, Jay. Uh, uh, well, I bought an eight ten in between playing a gig and now. Like I've you know I've, I've never actually used it. <laughs> actually, no, that's not true. I think I have played one gig since I bought the eight ten. But I was like, I'm not taking this to the show. <laughs> you mad? I left it in the house. <laughs> I just pointed to the four by ten that was there. Um, <laughs> But uh, I, th- you know, I think it just really depends on what your um, what the what the situation is. Like the, the problem is, is like Chris is a loud drummer, isn't he? So yeah, you need to be like the you need to be able to be heard over what everyone else is, what he's doing. Mm. Everyone else needs to be able to hear you, or they need to be able to play without relying on having to hear you. You know, it's True. I guess is the other option. That's a good point. You're right. I'm going to stick with two 15s and a massive 300 watt head. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's good right. man. Yeah. Like Thanks. there's <laughs> there's a point at which it's like you know trying to yeah you 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 need to balance practicality with what you actually want out of the cab to begin with. And yeah. if you want and if you want to be heard on stage, then don't bring a cab that's not going to do that job for you. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Would be that's why I, I was saying would it yeah. be mic'd because like would it just become this thing where it's mic'd and di'd as it would be recording so that you can have it back in the wedge, mm. and at that point is it better to have the sound behind you or in front of you? You know, that is a good point. That is a good point. Mm. Well, yeah, I guess we we will see. We will see. I am loath to bring something smaller, but yes, I, th- I just yeah. it, like it really depends on what you're doing. You know, if you're playing in front of 150 people, then uh, the, you know 112 is probably going to be okay. But if you're playing mm. on a big, like a big stage outside at a festival, then it almost certainly won't be. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, it's not, it's not like a, it's not like a, it's not like a, a, a deluxe reverb or like a, an AC30, is it? Like where you can take that and you would be able to be heard. It's mm. that, yeah, it just, it really depends on, on the context of, of what you're, what you're gigging, you know, I think. 
Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Now, I, I'm, I appreciate we've spoken about bass for a lot of this, so we are going to move over onto actually talking about guitars and things. But before we do, I did just want to talk about Jay Douglas guitars. Um, this, uh, this, this very small UK custom shop. In fact, from Leeds, Naomi. Ah, um, so indeed, local to you. But yeah. D- Check them out, dear listener. Jay Douglas Guitars is, uh, you know, the the Instagram handle where you can check out all John Douglas's instruments. Uh, you know, I was just, uh, I was thumbing through Reverb.com, as it were, as it was, like just searching for instruments, and I came across um, a handful of Jay Douglas's. He was selling off prototypes he'd made of his blunderbird uh bases um he he had a a reverse and a non-reverse or you know a reverse and a conventional um blunderbird base in fact as we're talking because i've i've only purchased the reverse one so the normal one is still up there they're like six. 600- oh, you have bought one i've bought it yes oh my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> I bought it. Yeah, I had to buy it. I had to buy it. It was so cool and so interesting. The Wait, non- so which one is which one is that then? So if you're on his Instagram, there's I am. Probably yeah. A bit, so the the Blunderberg base, as, as we're recording this, you'll probably post more. But the 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 Blunderberg ba- uh, Blunderberg bases, there are two side by side. They are kind of the double cut Les yeah, okay. Paul esque okay. base with yeah. a big single coil in the middle. Now um, there is. Oh yeah. If you if you scroll through his page, there's the normal one, which has the longer horn on top, and a little bit further down, you'll find that there is one where the longer horn is on the bottom. Now he actually told me he made that by mistake because he carved out the back the wrong way round <laughs> and was like, "Oh, amazing!" <laughs> so he said he actually made it first, like before he made it the correct way round. So it's like a reverse <laughs> before there was even a conventional side one. But these were his pro types as he was kind of trying to find a voice and he still is sort of developing his style and everything i just thought it was so interesting and different and cool it Um, is yeah absolutely i love how he's he's kind of put his stamp across a bunch of different classic shapes hasn't he yeah um i hate to use the word promising about a fellow adult because i (laughs) feel like a very old child myself but yeah like what he has up here is is super cool is that like a sandberg kind of homage in the model he has at the top Um, of the page so so the triple pickup base yeah that's the one i'm looking at i feel like that's more a shergold Right. I feel like that's a Shergoldy style shape, but he winds his own pickups as well. Those those oversized single coils with the big mm. bolt pole pieces; those are mm-hmm. those are all wound himself. Um, so that's what awesome. it will be in this pickup, and and it's a, a lovely mahogany body with binding. Dear listener, obviously you haven't checked this out as you're listening. With a, it's a medium scale, thirty two inches, lovely two by two headstock, um, gorgeous thick single ply. Uh, scratch plate and a sort of you know it is it is Les Paul esque double cut Les Paul esque with an interesting um, you know interesting horns that are that are quite 
different. And he doesn't just do basses. In fact, he does, you know, more guitars. The, the basses are almost kind of a, a newer addition. There are Rickenbacker-influenced shapes that he's applied, kind of a modern, more exaggerated twist to in both guitar and bass form. He's done some T-style guitars that look as if they've, like, look as if the 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 bridge and the pickup are really far down the body um or maybe the body's cut shorter but like interesting slight modifications on on shapes i just i love everything about all of these instruments and kind of wood finishes is the name of the game uh with these hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Um, in fact, there is another prototype on his reverb shop at the moment, which is one of the Rickenbacker-esque basses, this time with a great big mud, mud bucker in kind of the lower middle section of the instrument. But Clackalacker is the comment on that one. Really? Yeah, the, I can't remember what that one's called. Uh, oh, wait, no, sorry. No, that's not on the mud bucker one. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. But, I just uh, thought that was a... I thought that was a, a Funny word, <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, there's some cool, there's some cool looking stuff on here, Joe. Yeah, yeah. I'm cool. loving them. I'm loving the mahogany bodies. Mm. I um, would be well curious to to try one. Yeah, his yeah, everything his builds just look really, really stylish. Yeah. And I like, as I said, it looks like he's just kind of put a stamp on every aspect, you know. I love that he's made his own pickups. I love on the Blunderbird. I absolutely love the. Um, the knobs are they classic to any model? The sort of like Gibson esque knobs, yeah. They yeah, they're Gibson esque, but is the is that color standard to to Gibsons as well? The sort of see through like um kind of caramel color. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. They're, it's a nice touch. It is. Yeah. They're they're really nice, really well presented, really well built instruments. Six hundred and twenty five pounds for the Blunderbird on the uh, on Reverb. 
that's an unbelievable price for a custom shop instrument. I, I you know, I absolutely couldn't possibly resist. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll talk more, you know, next week when I, when I get the instrument. Um, obviously, because I play in silly tunings, I've had to send him my stupid 65 to 120 strings so right. he can set it up for me with those. Cause I mean, even the, even the like, yeah, the Rick, the, even 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 the, the Ricky style one, which you know is open to interpretation, of course, if that's how yeah. you want to style it. But um, it's even that's sub seven hundred quid. I mean, it's very cool. Very, yeah, very mm-hmm. cool. yeah, very aggressive prices. I did. I had a mm. chat with John, and I will con- you know continue to have a talk with him more over the next <sighs> trail few weeks. dagger. Yeah, it's trail dagger. Name. That's the trail name. Trail dagger. Yeah. It's a good name. Solid name. Yeah, really um, good. But yeah, I was speaking to him about it and he was talking about how he's kind of, you know, still developing and he's finding his, very much finding his voice in instruments at the moment, which is why he's priced everything so aggressively because he appreciates Mm. that he's still working out what he's doing. But I just, you know, so original, so totally not like anything else that's being made at the moment. You know, I couldn't couldn't possibly resist it. Also, £10 in weight for the Blunderbird. £10. Nice. uh, that's that's a heavy that's a heavy that instrument. A, well, it's mahogany, isn't it? So yeah, it's yeah. yeah. I mean, that yeah. is crikey! You are going to be uh, you're going to be, gonna be jacked. very very top heavy. Like you <laughs> yeah. know, the way, the way you play your bases, just the slightest <laughs> gust of wind will send him absolutely. Don't flying. push him! Don't push him! <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've gone for the reverse one as well, so I'm probably going to be falling over. I'm probably going to be falling forward as well, or at least the neck will be. Yeah. yeah, you'll have yeah. to find a nearby railing to uh, to lean into. <laughs> exactly. um, yeah, these are cool. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I don't want to make any calls, but I feel like this is the sort of builder that in a few years' time you could be like, I had an early Jay Douglas. <laughs> yeah, really like them. Love that they've got stamped on the back, made in Yorkshire. Um, yeah, absolutely. Reminds me of the Fidelity have crafted in Cambridge. I think it's crafted. Oh, do they? Yeah. yeah. yeah so I, That's always a nice touch. Yeah, Super like local. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very, very cool. Um, but yeah, excited to receive that. And dear listener, I'll keep you posted. Now, on the uh, on the effects front, um, this this week uh, a pedal turned up for us, a limited edition Sparkle Shell Pink Solid Gold Effects Surfrider Mark Three. Um, which it's almost like these companies know how how to like you know get us talking about them in it <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really it's really weird it's, it's just like it, it's like it's like they just know i don't i, I don't know how <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, it, it, it remains a mystery to be honest <laughs> is that a maybe pedal next that week we'll find out <laughs> yeah a pedal that they've done for some time but this one is heavily limited edition um Version. I don't think there are very many out there, but I was very pleased to be sent one from Solid Gold. Solid Gold Effects, obviously, have been a brand that we've spoken about quite a bit over the last few weeks, um, and they are good friends of the podcast, and they make some absolutely cracking pedals. Obviously, utterly blown away with the Imperial Fuzz recently. One of the best things I've tried in a in a long, long time. But the Surfrider Mark III is it kind of a well-established uh, reverb, very, very much in sort of sixty cycle hum Ryan's area. Which is very drippy, a drippy reverb, and he does like he does like that surf drip uh, on his reverb pedals, but. 
the kind of the the thing for me about the surf rider dear listener is that it achieves versatility and what is quite a conventional effect via the second switch the boost switch which allows you to switch between kind of the low and high reverb settings essentially so you can go from and that that tends to be how i would use a, a reverb pedal i want my 60s splashiness and then i want my ethereal soundscape reverb those are the two sounds and that boost switch by boosting your reverb level allows you to flick between something you can use quite conventionally and then something that you might use with volume swells for example just for you know a big big soundscape tone dead simple and you know just an absolutely fantastic sounding reverb pedal i thoroughly recommend it just for the the chance to own a limited edition shell pink version of what is an absolutely cracking pedal um yes very good very good but uh yeah do do check it out do check it out i think it's limited edition to the uk i'm not sure so see where you can find it dear listener and check it out an excellent an excellent pedal indeed um before we move on to the news guys i just want to talk about plugin of the week very briefly very brief i realize I've, I've done an awful lot of talking this podcast i do apologize no both go, of go you ahead. no need, no also, need to apologize to us joe it's lovely to hear your dulcet tones so. yeah I, I think maybe possibly i can speak for jay but when you were talking about the surf rider there i wasn't not uh not wanting to have input you it was just a really nice piece i mm. thought Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. you I appreciate, yeah, I'd appreciate, really... I'd appreciate it if you don't talk for me, then Naomi, on that one. <laughs> sorry, Jay. I'm very sorry. You know what? No worries. I'm, I'm going to go move house again. I'm going to go return in four to five weeks. So it's, it's all good. Step right back out. So this week, yeah, so I was looking around for, for you know, for what new plugin am I going to purchase this week? And I was kind of looking at effects like yeah i've moved so much towards recording everything uh you know via plugins that i was like well you know maybe i should look at moving my pedal board onto a uh, onto plugins as well so i started searching around for those but you know that i i didn't find anything that really lit my fire not like not not at first and then i stumbled across something that was totally different totally unguitar related but you could definitely apply it to guitar and it could be a really weird awesome effects audio thing oh my goodness audiothing.net oh my goodness i think i might buy all of their plugins <laughs> they've just <laughs> released a new a new plugin um with the wonderful um german uh uh uh, it uh, dance-ish. I don't know. It's music that doesn't involve guitars. Musician Hayback. Yeah, whatever. One of those. Okay. Electronic. Anyway, exactly. Electronic. That was the word I was looking for. Anyway, he's introduced the um, the motor, the things motor, and I absolutely love it. I even trying to explain this effect. So. So this is, it's based on, um, let me, here we are. So it's based on a, an, an original piece of equipment called the Crystal Palace, um, which was, 
it was a a tool that allowed i'm trying to find the 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 natural bit that says specifically what it is okay okay so here we are the crystal palace um it was built for the bbc radiophonic workshop it was a one-of-a-kind instrument that allowed speed dependent switching of up to 16 audio channels and it did that via a massive capacitor, a capacitor that rotated on a motor to switch between those channels physically. Wow. Obvi- obviously, this does it, you know, just as a plug-in. But as in, you can record two things in. Say they are an organic drum kit, an electronic drum kit, or an acoustic guitar, an electric guitar, two vocals doing different things. And it will pan um, between the two of them rhythmically and you can set that rhythm and you can set the balance you can set the tremolo the vibrato and the panning and the speed to which it is switching between the two of them so you get this sort of thing but with two different sounds two different inputs going on it's just so it's kind of like what um djs do with the mixer yes with a fader but it's you can program it exactly and yeah you can yeah but you can program it and turn it into like a rhythmic tool as opposed to having to do it manually exactly so hmm. yeah and you wow. can have it do it sort of lightning fast or sort of weirdly and slowly and being able to add vibrato onto that just means you can create such weird new things just a wonderfully expressive plug-in and get this it's nine quid well, it's, 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 yeah, it's in my cart. I'm gonna yeah. play. The, oh. I'm gonna play. I'm playing. I'm doing it. I'm playing the Joe Branton cart. So here we are, live that, adding to cart. That leads on to my next problem. I added it to car, and it went. Oh, you you like the thing's motor? Hey, do you know about the thing's texture? It's our oh. uh, it's our simple <laughs> reverb. It's also it's also nine quid, and I was like, oh, I'll just watch a video, and it's got like a it, it it's got sort of shimmer effects on there. It was just. Oh, look at this one. Oh, Joe, yeah, it was gorgeous. And, it's, and so I was like, okay, well, I'll take that as well. And I was like, right, I'll buy those. So I bought both of those. And then Audio Thing messaged me, like, in my sort of receipt on their site and went, oh, hey, seeing as you've just bought a couple of things, would you like our wires promo delay unit for half price <gasps> as well? And I was like, oh, well, what's half price? 29 euros. Oh, well, okay then. And it's just. <laughs> It's been a bad day for me. No, this is yeah. I'm, this is a sick site. Yeah. They've got they've got a hand clapper instrument. Yeah, got Latin yeah. percussion. It's all yeah. weird. It's all fun, and it's all totally worth it. I just you know, it's awesome. Bad. Yeah, you're gonna spend. A oh, lot of money. yeah. Okay, sorry. So it's it's a HC two inspired instrument. Yeah. God, it's good. Thank you for pointing my lo- brain box to this. This is going to be an evening of fun now. Awesome. <laughs> I, I like the uh, megaphone, which is <laughs> it emulates an amplified bullhorn slash PA loudspeaker. So basically what it does is it takes your vocals and makes them sound bad, which is like <laughs> fantastic. Like, don't, I, can do that. I can do that myself, mate. Don't worry about that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. Thanks. Yeah. yeah keep your... <laughs> The, oh, I mean, the, the the megaphone noises can be enabled by the trigger button. There are two types of noise, button and burst. You can balance the mix between the two noises with the... Oh, wow, yeah. I mean, this sounds great. This sounds yeah. really very, very cool. I will I will say, though, Jay, for vocal processing, um, for parallel processing, things like uh, megaphone effects I've always loved. 
Yeah. So, you know, when you're yeah. like, I don't know, in a, in a big chorus or something maybe, and you want to just like double track, but double track with a bit of nuance. Totally, oh, totally. Yeah, whenever, whenever I clock like super distorted double track vocals, it's a, it's a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd never thought about it actually, but yeah, you're right. You're right. That is cool. Yeah. Is for cool. like background processing in particular can be sick. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a really good spot, Joe, this audio thing.net. Really fun. I think, you know, yeah. sorry, dear listener, they're not guitar specific, but I really think you could have a word of a time, like creating some really new, like if that was released as a as a, an effects pedal, I don't know how it would be. Maybe something where you could record something in, then play over the top of it and switch between what you were recorded in and what you're playing now. But I kind of yeah. feel like we'd all be like, oh, this is a great effect. Mm. This is a, this is yeah. a cool plugin that will do some some weird some weird and wonderful things for nine bucks so you know well worth the shout anyway good we, we should do some news let's do some news I'll, I'll stop talking for a bit jay cross let's talk about this reimagining of uh, of squire's most affordable series yeah so the affinity series has been around since the i don't know 90s um mid 90s and uh there's just like a whole new range of guitars coming out so there's loads um i guess i'll just kind of pick out a couple of the highlights um so for me the uh the the ones that are really worth looking at are the the one so the jazz master seems to have been all over the internet over the last week or so um and that is really cool it's coming with a so unlike the older um jazz master the well the original affinity jazz master which i have in my head might have been hh uh this has got proper jazz master pickups um and it's also got uh, a strat style trim as opposed to the uh you know the hardtail that's on the current affinity jazz master um or like a big jazz master tremolo which I guess kind of makes sense because is that the sort of tremolo that you want to be getting for someone who is buying their, you know, sort of first guitar, which I assume a lot of people are when it comes to the affinity series. Um, and, uh, that comes in, uh, a, uh, a lovely, uh, Lake Placid blue or, or, uh, the Joe Brunton special burgundy mist. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I might get this. I mean, and also, I totally agree. By putting a Strat trim on this, you've just made it a perfect starter guitar. Yeah, you know. yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Totally. So um, that is that is really cool. Uh, the... I can't believe Burgundy Mist exists on entry-level guitars. From well, I, I mean, you want to talk about that? I don't know if you have seen the tellies, but... Um, there is uh so there's a whole range of tele deluxes now as well so hh72 style tellies um also available in burgundy mist what yeah the series yeah oh yeah um uh there's also I, I mean if you're looking at the uh burgundy mist there's also an hh strat in burgundy mist oh um, no so the the other one that's the, in terms of guitars the other one that's really worth pointing out is um the so i don't know if you remember joe when we were at gack the affinity tell the like butterscotch affinity telly was always like a bit of a weird kind of like non-traditional butterscotch color it was like quite orangey i remember yeah it um, was weird that, yeah well that is not the case anymore it's now like a 
a proper like butterscotch blonde. It just looks like a 52 telly. Um, so that is really cool. Um, and the other one, which I think is the one which uh, the model that is is really going to get people talking, um, is the Jaguar base. Uh, Absolutely. So, it's, yeah, like a uh, 32 inch scale length. Um, it's like super light. But it, the thing that's really worth pointing out about it is it's got this massive um, humbucker in the, I guess you'd call that the middle. I don't know. It seems to be, so, is it the middle or is it? Yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's, the, it's bang in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Mid position. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just think it looks absolutely great. I mean, that is what people have been crying out for for ages to get that kind of like royal blood type. It's it's very um, much a you cut you know, it's obviously royal blood influenced. Mm -hmm. You know, they've gone after that thing, but I just think it is abs. What a fantastic idea! I don't think we've had anything with that spec since the Mikey Way, since the Squire Mikey Way Mustang. In in terms of what having a, I, I guess having a a square like with a, a humbucker in the output. middle yeah yeah, a big yeah, high yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something like that from i just i think it's kind of an underrated thing for bass like a big modern humbucker in the middle of the body that seems like a really sensible setup but it's i also think loader. having it I also think having it in the affinity range is really smart because mm. it is gonna work for people who want to like maybe aren't bass players but want to have something cool and interesting for not a huge amount of money yeah, um just 100%. to like knock about at home yeah, and it's under that £200 kind of price point as well, which yeah, is yeah, well it's... well within kind of affordability, isn't it? And yeah. also, it's it's a 32-inch scale length, which I hadn't copped. Yes. Um, which is, yeah, it's going to benefit those people who, you know, unfortunately, much as I hate to admit it, there are people who find the Bronco is not not um, not actually to their to their absolute heart's desire. So <laughs> it um, that slightly longer scale length will um, will kind of hopefully kind of please please that customer um the only thing for you joe that you won't like about this is it is a satin neck unfortunately oh, yes. they always are on all the affinities aren't they yeah they yeah always. which is correct yeah. the correct style of neck <laughs> it's um, good neck joe and also not in burgundy mist so these ones are in late placid blue black or uh charcoal frost i think i love charcoal, charcoal frost i was a big fan of that finish first time round. so yeah nice so um yeah I, you know the, there's there's other models there of course there's like you, you know new strats and uh there's a five string bass as well five string jazz bass um which awesome. is wild for the wow, affinity range that's incredible yeah yeah, yeah really mad they look good as well like three color sunburst and olympic white they look really really cool um so that is that's really interesting um for they appear to have left some I, the the precision base has got this superfluous second pickup there i don't maybe that is just <laughs> in the mock-ups that i'm sure that won't be in the real base um i'm sure it will just have the uh the the iconic and essential precision base pickup in the in the middle but i don't know i don't know what i thought about that see. bridge jazz base pickup i don't know what you're talking about the thing that the thing that upsets me is you just there's always that that weird jazz bass people love putting jazz bass pickups in p basses you never apart from the mark hoppers you never see a, a p bass pickup in a jazz bass it's almost like these people think they're better than me that's what that's how i that's how i feel it's like what because i play a p bass you 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 think you're better than me is that what it is that's jazz but, basses uh, are the yeah. superior of the two instruments. they're not true. they're not they just he got it right first time you know <laughs> well maybe not for you know 
Second with the revisions. Time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 57 onwards 57 yeah so but yeah really cool um you know and great to see uh some kind of cool um interesting colors uh and um like just a, a more kind of coherent range um from the from the squire offering uh okay. i guess that's, that's kind of it it's good for it to have kind of a complete overhaul and refresh because it's been arranged for so long it's had so yeah. many different things introduced at different time periods it's exactly nice yeah, have, yeah yeah and i guess it's kind of you know you think about what fender have done over the last well i guess since 2012 really well you know 2012 was the the relaunch of the american standards and then the um elites replaced the deluxes not too long after that and then the originals replaced the vintage um and then obviously there's been all the other stuff that's come since like the players replacing the the standards so i guess it kind of was about time that the um the 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 core squire ranges saw similar um updates and revisions and stuff but uh yeah some really cool really really cool stuff really cool stuff in here Absolutely. so um yeah cool to see them get out there now, another brand that have kind of uh, very close to our hearts that have been expanding their their ranges recently is Reverend Guitars, uh, friends of the podcast and, you know, makers of incredible equipment, have introduced a number of awesome new instruments for the start of 2021. Let's uh, let's kick things off with, uh, with a bass, uh, Naomi, and uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Reverend have... I'd say an update rather than an absolutely brand new model, but they've updated the Basshauser Fatfish 32, which is, of course, the signature model of Brad Hauser, who you may know, a uh, listener from Critter's Buggin and uh, Dead Kenny G's fame. So he he had, an, uh, he had an original signature back in early Reverend days, actually, um, I don't know, Joe, are you familiar? Was it one of the... It was one of the first ones, yeah. One it of was the one first. of the first, yeah. Was it around 2005 or something it like must that? must have been. But, and they've really held their value, those early ones. Yeah, yeah, they have, along with the um, the kind of rumblefish sort of generation. Yeah. But, yeah, so about three years ago, he brought out the uh, the initial, the original Basshauser Fatfish 32, which has an interesting configuration in the pickups. It is... Well, it's an interesting spec overall, actually. But in the pickups, it's, if you imagine, a reverse PJ. So there's a a J-shaped pickup in the neck and a P-shape in the bridge. Um, the J one being Reverend's uh, Jazz Bomb and then the P-blade, which we've seen in the later Watt Player models um, in the bridge. So a fantastic sounding bass. Um, has It's semi-hollow as well. Has those wonderful neck inlays and the update that we're seeing now is that they've put a thick brick in the neck instead so that is the same sort of music man style pickup that is in the Mercalli uh, models so a huge subby woofy um neighbor then to the to the pea blade in the bridge it's definitely more uh, in line of sort of a billy sheehan style loadout now Yes, it is, isn't it? Um, there's not too much room left in the body for pickups now with the <laughs> with the new config. But um, yeah, no, it looks fantastic. I'm dying to get my hands on one to try. Um, again, 
as always with Reverend, got really solid hardware, high mass bridge, your hip shot ultra light tuners, um, proprietary pickups again. So made by Reverend for Reverend, uh, beautiful sound in Karina body, got your five piece neck. Um, yeah. And just an all round howling, growling machine. With regards to the body, it also has that kind mm. of raised center block um, that we saw on the Greg Cock Gristlemaster. Yes, it does. It does. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what kind of, what does that kind of ring for you, Joe, in terms of kind of I don't like the sound of eight pole, those big music man pickups. I can, I can never, it doesn't matter where you put them, I can never get mm. them to sound good in an instrument. So, And I've kind of, I've steered away from reverence models that have had them before. Yeah. Like my favourite is definitely the Reverend Triad, their three pickup jazz yeah uh pickup but they also do one with a short scale with just a precision pickup in the middle in their set neck series and i really like that yeah um this is definitely a more interesting configuration i would worry about a semi hollow that's then got a big eight pole humbucker in the neck i'd worry about being able to control the low end on something Mm. like that but Mm -hmm. if there was a brand that i trusted to do that well um it's you know it's certainly reverend Mm mm-hmm I kind of, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like it's the sort of thing that I'd have to try. I mean, I just, I love the sound of single coil pickups, so I liked having that jazz pickup in there. I quite liked that it was in the neck, and it was quite unusual. But you know, this sort of configuration works for Billy Sheehan, so yeah, you know, it's, uh, it should be good enough for for me. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll be very, very curious to try. But again, like you say, with Reverend, I think, um, and obviously in collaboration with their you know, with their endorsed artists like like Brad Hauser in this case, I think you would be hard pushed to find a company better able to build build a solid, um, solid and great sounding instrument. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's kind of the thing about Reverend is they are absolutely fantastic at making really good signature models, which kind of brings yeah. us on to the the second Reverend we're going to talk about, and the one that I'm most excited about, and I think is. A pretty strong contender for Gear of the Year this year. It is the Reverend mm. Greg Cock Gristle 90. That's right. It is a, a different and updated version of the Gristle Master, which was, you know, it was the guitar, dear listener, that I banged on about last year. It was the fantastic oversized T-style guitar um, that had the wonderful Fishman Fluence uh, sort of, uh, you know, T-style loadout with that wonderful switch that that flicks you between like a 50s and a 60s sounding telly and the gorgeous sort of like roasted neck everything about that guitar was great it just didn't do finishes that i was 100 percent into of course this year they've introduced it in sunburst which i'm very excited about but the gristle 90 you may have guessed it comes with a p90 loadout instead of the sort of telestyle pickups. But that's not where it finishes. It also has a Bigsby and also a complete neck change. So it looks like now the necks, um, we've got like an angled headstock and now the neck isn't uh, like a, a roasted maple. Um, I'm trying to see from the specs what the, uh, uh, the, oh, the neck is now a three-piece Carina neck. Um, I'm and an ebony fingerboard as and, well. Oh, I'm very excited about this. This is this is very so cool. When you say it's got a 
uh, angled headstock, you mean it tilts backwards? Yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because that explains why. Because so that's like I think that's because it doesn't have a string tree, and that will be because it's because of the the yeah. the tighter brake angle. Yeah. Well, it's a twenty-four think, and three-quarter inch scale as well. This one. As it, what's the um, the previous Crystal Master? I think twenty-five point five. Oh, really? I'm not sure. I, I'd oh, have right. to double okay. check now. Maybe. Uh, oh, that's really interesting. Wrong. Okay. This this guitar. So I, I said this a bit. You talk, you know, and I'll have a look. Yeah, I, I said this a bit before we started podcasting. I felt like the first one was like a a T style guitar that took some cues from a Firebird in that it had that raised centre block. Whereas this instrument now feels to me like a Firebird in the shape of a Tele. Like I feel like the focus has switched with this model, and I I absolutely love it. I I don't know if I love it more. I. I I think I do. I think that might be just because there are there are finishes that I really like. There's a gorgeous, like a, a lovely sort of polished black, the midnight black finish, which I just think looks absolutely incredible, as well as their Venetian gold and their Bradford beach blue. Um, but for me, the midnight black. Is that, is that, is that, is that Bradford in Yorkshire? Yeah, yeah, that's that... right. It's just like, it's, it's, uh, it's like a, it looks like a beach, but there are like, you know, you can see there are loads of like used beer cans and stuff in the in the water and things like that. But you know, it's uh, it's, it's um, good, an interesting. Thing. Just just looking this up, Joe. You're right. This is twenty. This is twenty four and three quarter inch scale. And the uh, previous, the original Crystal Master was twenty five and a half, which would also go some way to explaining the lack of string tree. But um, yeah, really interesting. The the gold for me is the one. I think that looks. It looks really really fantastic hmm. um it it just yeah it's a it's a great great looking guitar very much a different instrument now like the big speed the pickup and the scale length change as well, well as yeah, the, the neck and board material this isn't just an alternative to the gristle master this is you know this is very very different i mean this this feels almost like a um uh, you know i guess it, it, it's almost like uh a, a a 56 or 50 what year was the yeah 56 les paul uh with a bigsby you know that's kind of the kind of the uh the 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 vibe that i'm getting from it um it's really really interesting really really interesting yeah um I, I i can't wait to try one definitely premium price point like the last one looks like this one's going to be hitting the shelves around the $2,100 mark. So definitely, you know, in the top end of what Reverend do, but absolutely gorgeous. What do you think, dear listener? Is this one lighting your fire? I, I really think this is a strong contender for Gear of the Year. I think that is an absolutely stunning guitar. Wonderful blend of, you know, our two favourite classic guitar brands into one very, very cool instrument. Um, yeah. Super awesome. Reminds me of the uh, the sort of Fender Parallel Universe series, where uh, where Fender were, you know, making the the Telecasters that had very much a sort of a Les Paul loadout. Um, mm-hmm. I was reminded of the FSR Telecasters that they did. Do you remember the bound black and bound kind of burnt orange ones that they did around? 
10 years ago? Oh, yeah, the, the 70... The, the P90 ones. Yes. No, yeah. sorry, yeah, they, they were... They were, seven, yeah. they were 72, but they were, they were P90s, I think, weren't they? Yeah. yeah, I think there was an orange... Wasn't there a blue, maybe? It was definitely, um, definitely a black and definitely a burnt orange, and it kind of, yeah, kind of harks back to those for me. Yeah, yeah, no, I, they, they were very weird guitars. Cool, though. Yeah. Hmm, Good, weird. Cool indeed. Now, that, that actually is all the time we have on this week's episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. You can, of course, join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds for an, in, an, in, an extra episode every week, as, as has uh, Patrick Harnady. Thank you very much, Patrick, for joining us on uh, as a as a new patreon and you dear listener can become a patreon supporter too for as little as a dollar a month at the dollar tier you'll get this episode ad free and early every week five dollars will get you access to the patreon special episodes and our entire back catalog and ten dollars will get you the lot plus i'll sing you my thanks at the end of every episode in my punk rock inspired song you can find us on all your favourite social media platforms and join the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook to get involved in our weekly episode discussion. Thanks for listening. You've been lovely. We've been the Guitar Nerds. Farewell. Cheers, gang. ta Let me tell you all about my Patreon backers Some of them are crazy, some of them are crackers Playing the guitar with being seen with the backers Modding all the squad on coast with the rappers I am the host, but I never seen a ghost No concert, he'll slam down to the globe I just want retroness, I must confess You Patreon backers are the best It's like Eric Bond, John Conway, James Dodd, John Hackety Paul D, and Manning, Russell, Healing, Ty, Allen, Yoga, the guitarist, Carl Harris, Cloud, Lifter, and Todd Sands, Joe Hopper, John Hughes, Brian Hansen, Jane M, and Jeffrey Wax, Eric Hammer, Samuel Foss, Brian Einstein, Gavin Vander Linden, Andy Manley, Scott Udden, Robert Butterworth, Simon Milborn, Marcus Al Cadawacki, and Stuart Robson, Christian Lund, Hansen, Pete Adams, Michael McVeigh, and Eric File, Peter's joke, but it rhymes with Dermot Jack Cuffmore, Ken Sayers, Abe Matthews Guy Trippier, the band, Sean Arbo John Anglin, Dr. Amagon And Ernie Cooper, Russ Edwards Nate Nagel, Stephen Burke Aaron Sherman, Dave Lee, Jay Gray Scott Kennedy, Blake Wyland Christopher Lowseth, Hans Hands, Derek Rich, Rob Nordvik Steve Merkley, J.D. Shot And Brad Page, Andy McKenzie And Robert Smith, Scott O'Brien Paul Corrigan let me tell you all about my Patreon backers Some of them are crazy, some of them are crackers Playing the guitar all day and saying that the back hurts Modding all the square on coast with the rappers I am the host, but i never seen a ghost No concert, he'll scream absolute gold I just want retroness, I must confess You Patreon backers are the best
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.